It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayera, candlelighting time at 418 on this Erev Shabbos. Well, with everything that happened, and I assume to a degree continues to go on this week in Israel, we've invited uh, Yishai Fleischer on the air. He's, of course, the international spokesperson spokesperson for the holy city of Hebron. He uh, works with the Land of Israel Network and uh, writes and broadcasts a tremendous amount um, from the state of Israel. He happens to be in the U.S. right now, but, of course, he spent the bulk of the week in the Holy Land, as you would suspect. Yishai Fleischer, shalom, shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom, Nachum. And uh, I love it when you have me on instead of uh, Nachum Homeline. I'm like, I, I, you know, I'm like a tiny little foot inside a giant shoe. Okay? Well, so, I, mean, I, I wouldn't say instead of. I would say coincidentally yeah, <laughs> that, right. that once he canceled, we scheduled you. Uh, That's anyway, totally fine. Anyway, it's a pleasure, pleasure to have you on. Let's start backwards for a moment before we talk about, in all seriousness, a serious situation in Israel. Uh, is the holy city of Hebron gearing up for one week from today when you will see tens of thousands of people for Parashat Chaye Sarah descend on the holy city? Yeah, uh, we're expecting about thirty to 40,000 people. And also, by the way, and not just visitors, regular visitors, we also have about a tenth of the Knesset. Right, wow. 10 to 12 Knesset members show up, ministers, and then that means that we also have to house all their security and all that, that stuff. Uh, but basically, Am Yisrael signals uh, to Hashem, to God, to ourselves, and also to the world, that when we read the Torah portion of Chai which bespeaks of Abraham's first purchase in the land of Israel, that we mean it, that this is the place, that we honor that purchase, that we're witnesses to that purchase and that we're the children uh, who have inherited that purchase. And that Hebron is ours, uh, Judea and Samaria is ours. Uh, this is the land that was both purchased and, of course, also given to us by God on, on so many fronts, on so many uh, ways of, of, of seeing it and arguing it. This is our land, including, by the way, by international law and, and, and all of the other parameters that people usually uh, connect to land ownership. This is our land. But the way we prove it is through celebration, through Jewish Simcha. We come together on Shabbat, 40,000 people. Chabad is putting up a tent for 3,000 people wow. to eat. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, huge money outlays, um, uh, and, and the, the Israeli police is very involved in order to make sure that all the buses get there before Shabbat and that everything moves traffic, you know, because we're talking about uh, a small Jewish area within the broader PA-controlled city of Hebron. Yeah, well, as you as you know, I've seen this up close and personal, and it's uh, it, it's simply remarkable to see what happens there on Friday and just how beautiful the Shabbat is. So that, there you have it, everybody. Uh, in Hebron next Shabbos, tens of thousands of people, uh, as you would expect for Shabbat Parashat Chayi Sarai. Yishai Fleischer with us live via telephone. All right, Yishai, to the events of this week, in some ways I think to people like yourself and obviously the, the, the millions that live in Israel, uh, this is just a, uh, unfortunately, uh, a repeat, an encore. This seems to happen uh, every once in a while, and uh, Israel goes ahead and does what any freedom-loving country would do, and that is eliminate those who, who have in the past and continue to have a desire to, to kill its citizens. And then, of course, the reaction uh, that um, that Israel gets, the rockets raining down, from Gaza on its citizens, and then the reaction from around the world, anybody who we deem as sensible, understanding the self-defense and what Israel needs to do, and uh, others uh, coming from a completely different point of view in terms of Israeli response to all of this. First of all, could you tell us 
what the situation is right now. I know in the middle part of the week, what I just described was very active. What's happening now in the state of Israel? Uh, there's a brokered ceasefire, um, which basically means that the rockets have stopped raining down. And I think that that's what the Israeli government kind of banked on when uh, they killed these uh, Islamic Jihad operatives. Uh, they expected a, a reaction. They also expected to somehow, like, we have a word in Israel which means, like, to swallow up or to kind of deal with it, you know, accept the reality that there's going to be this kind of response which is uh, over 400 rockets that flew out of uh, Gaza, operated ostensibly by Islamic Jihad, but also with support of Hamas, or tacit support of Hamas, which is a different organization. Islamic Jihad is a more pro-Iranian organization. And uh, the Israeli government, the Israeli officials, the Israeli military decided to take out some of the leading commanders, calling calling them a a ticking time time bomb. So, you know, we kind of... The Israeli army didn't respond too harshly to the 400-plus rockets that flew out of Gaza, except, of course, by shooting them down with the Iron Dome. Uh, but there wasn't a strong response because there's an interest, the Israeli government thinks that there's an interest in uh, subduing the conflict, not, not letting it light up, not letting it turn into a conflagration. That's where it's at. And uh, from time to time, there's yet another missile that flies out uh, and breaks the ceasefire, and then they try to bring it down to back down the ceasefire. And everybody wants the situation to somehow, like, uh, you know, get back to normal and, and quiet down. And the, the reason that, that the Israeli government thinks this way is because it's a middle ground between doing nothing and then doing something to totally stop this kind of, uh, these kind of, uh, this kind of aggression, which means to basically go into Gaza and take it over yet again and undo what we did in 2005, which was to walk out and subsequently empower the jihad the jihadists to, to, to shoot these rockets. So Israel's caught in a little bit of a quandary. You know, now that we've given up this land, now that the Hamas is in control there and the Islamic Jihad has free reign, okay, so, so from time to time we have these skirmishes. We know that they prepare for these skirmishes. We know that they're always, you know, their ideology is such to destroy Israel, but we don't want to, like, stir the pot too much. So you have this recurring um, kind of, these recurring kind of skirmishes, and there's really... Frankly, there's really no end in sight unless you do something more radical to to eliminate this problem. But the, the folks at the upper echelons are not ready for that. So, I mean, the truth is, if I would have asked someone like you very early this past week uh, what you would predict, there would be no reason for you to think other than what you just described. This is the mo. Absolutely. This is the mo of the government of Israel, and this is the way they've been operating on this middle ground so to speak, giving the impression and, to a degree, seriously, you know, securing Israel while at the same time uh, not doing completely what you would expect them to need to do in order to stop these types of situations. Yishai Fleischer with us live via telephone. W- where does this whole election thing play into this? There were obviously, um, a- as you can imagine, <laughs> there, were, there were those who were, uh, who, who were um, attributing uh, the type of reaction that the prime minister had to all of this to his political situation. Do you think any of it was related to that? Well, let's just say that that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and the people around him loudly protest any uh, effort to connect this, this military action with the political situation. And of course, you, know, you, would, you would expect them to say that because it would be you know, an anathema for, for, for 
for a sitting prime minister to to to, to, to make an operation to kill a, 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 a jihad commander in order to get you know into into a better place in terms of uh, politics. Okay, uh, you know, on the one hand, I, I'll have to accept them at their at their word. On the other hand, um, it is true that one of the interesting things that happened was is that the Arab parties who were negotiating with Gantz came out very strongly against Israel uh, and against uh, Israeli military action and called it all the names that, that we're used to hearing from them. And this caused Gantz and the blue and white factions to have to distance themselves from them. Gantz, we've got to remember, this is a party of generals. He himself as a general has done you know, many of these type of operations. So he had to distance himself, and this kind of broke apart the center uh, effort to normalize the Arab parties as a partner in Israel, which is a shocking and, and, and revolutionary move, but this kind of undid that. So, uh, you know, would have Netanyahu, did he do it on purpose? I doubt it, but let's put it this way, there has been some political um, value for him to, to undermine the Arab parties and therefore undermine the center's uh, effort to attach themselves to the Arab parties, and therefore force the, the blue and white party to negotiate again with Likud. Or another scenario, which I think is, could be likely, uh, is that the one person who's been really the, the, the guy who's turned everything upside down is Lieberman, the, the, Russian, the head of the Russian party. Right. And he, he, he in, in many ways, one could say he's been the cause of both of these recent elections. But, and, and he has sworn that he won't sit with the ultra-Orthodox parties, which is kind of ironic since we know that he has excellent relations with the ultra-Orthodox parties for, for the last 20 years. So now, due to, uh, to, to popular pressure, there is a consideration and there's rumors that Lieberman is thinking about, yes, joining up with the Haredi and the ultra-Orthodox and therefore the Likud, and yes, making that natural right-wing bloc, which already exists. So it could be that because the other side... The other side's efforts have broken down. That Lieberman might uh, change his colors yet again and reverse the chorus, and, and yes, sit with his coalition. I think that there's a, a semi likelihood of that. What do you What do you think when you see Lieberman and Gantz get together mm-hmm. this week and and almost guarantee that there won't be a third election? You know, Nachum, I'll tell you. I, I you know I, I work for the Jewish community of Hebron. I, I work to beautify Maratha Machpelah for the Jewish people and the nation. Want to connect to the heritage of Abraham. We work to move the story of, of Israel forward. We work to connect American Jewry with Israeli Jewry and never, you know, allow ourselves to get distant from one another. We work on so many things. After a while, you're like, you know, how 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 much am I going to listen to every, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like reading People magazine or the Inquirer. Like, you know, after a while, it's like, you know what, I'm not I'm not going to listen to every micro rumor and, and try to analyze it. We have what to do. You have what to do. I have what to do to move the project forward. All of us that are listening have what to do. And I think that it's just, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, uh, worry about every press conference. They have their, they have their limitations. They're going to, they have to present the government in the next, you know, few days. Uh, if not, God forbid, we, we might end up going to elections. If we do end up going to elections, I think that what's going to be different is I think people are going to start saying, listen, there's something wrong with this system. Something messed up with the system uh, that that we can't get a functioning government going. At the end of the day, we agree on so much. Even even truthfully, blue and white and Likud, in many ways, agree on so much. Right. So if we have a system 
that, that allows these egos to continue to flare up instead of moving forward with running the, doing the business of running our country, then there's something wrong. And I think a third election is going to be, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a system game changer. Something, something is going to have to shift because people are going to say, wait a minute, this has right. gone too far. They'll start paying attention to those who are calling for some type of what I guess some would call election reform or system reform, as yeah. you just mentioned. Uh, Yishai Fleischer is with us. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at com on the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Yishai, of course, is... Uh, international spokesperson for the holy city of Hebron. They're getting ready for the big Shabbat next Shabbat. Uh, he's also at the Land of Israel Network and uh, writes and broadcasts continuously. Um, all right, so I, I mentioned this earlier, and I need your comment about this, as obvious as it might be. Uh, so we know what the reaction is uh, when Israel uh, goes ahead and eliminates uh, a terrorist who wants to continue uh, his line of work, which is uh, you know killing as many Jews as possible and encouraging others to do so. Uh, so you would think that any freedom, freedom-loving uh, human being on this earth, especially those who are associated with democratic countries, would be enthusiastic about this act and would uh, understand the Israeli reaction and um, and uh, endorse it, so to speak. Yet we see some outrageous reaction to all of this, to the point, I hate to say this, where some people who identify with our community mourn the death, and I say that literally because of the way they describe it on their social media, mourn the death when this um, uh, when this uh, uh, terrorist is assassinated by Israel. Your reaction to all of this? What are saying is that we have elements in our community and in the Jewish community that have gone to this, let's call it, like ultra-left or, or however you want to describe it, a kind of uh, ultra-liberal, or, or I sometimes I like to call it a faux-liberal, like a not really, it's not really liberalism. Mourning the death of a very illiberal person who who who, who kills Jews and, and, and suppresses his own people. Something liberal about that. We have we have we have that in our camp, and they've become more vociferous. Uh, they're very good at being loud. But in my experience with with the normative, reform, conservative, liberal synagogues here in the United States uh, and, and Jews around the world, most people really don't believe that at all. I really I, I think that most people are just like. Bad guys got to go. People don't want to kill Jews. You got to get up earlier in the morning and get them first. Israel has to continue to uh, to 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 assert its 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 toughness. That's part of our. That's our. That's our mo. Our classic mo. That's our image. And we have to we have to not be. We have to not like scale back from that image. Being a nice guy army is is far inferior to being an army that is you know tough, ruthless to achieve its goal which is the security of the state of israel yeah, yeah. we're a post-holocaust country right and we've got to we've got we've got to be and we've got to say that and and when we say that people understand that and <clears throat> the other side they're going to bark and they're going to do their thing but um you know we not only do we have to act that way we have to also internally accept that we have to be that kind of people we but- have to be tough our Israeli army isn't this nice army. I don't like the language of moral army and all that. I don't like that language. It might be true. It is true. But I don't like that language because I think it weakens us. Our army is not there to be a nice guy. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a friendly police officer. What it is is, 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 a, is a fighting machine dedicated to rooting out today's Nazis. And, uh, and we, we have to be tough vis-a-vis those folks. And 
we have to accept that, that image about ourselves. Madisha, you stand in the holy city of Hebron and welcome groups from around the world, and often you're, uh, you're pelted with questions uh, about apartheid and occupation and, uh, and, and uh, uh, um, uh, an, an irrational response quote-unquote, or a, uh, 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 a too strong of a response, especially in a case like this, like we saw this week. It, I mean, it has to be frustrating for you when you know that Israel is doing what it needs to do and maybe not even as much as it needs to do, and yet uh, so many around the world you know, are clouded by their opinion of Jews in Israel, and they can't give an objective point of view about this. Nachum, you're asking something that I think uh, borders really on the philosophical, which is, uh, you know, why do people expect to choose crazy things? You know, why is there such a, uh, an asymmetric kind of expectation of Israel not to defend itself? Um, and my answer to this is that uh, I, I don't allow myself to get too frustrated with that. I don't get frustrated with the people of the world, you know, asking or demanding this or that. I get much more frustrated with the way we... Uh, 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 promote ourselves and perceive ourselves, and I'm always I'm a big um, advocate for clarity. We should have clarity. Clarity means that we tell people what they what they can expect. They can expect that they shoot one rocket at us, we'll shoot back ten. Okay, say that to people. Be like, we are absolutely we have zero tolerance for the injury of Jews. Say that. Say that that's our mo. Tell people that we are absolutely not going to stand for that kind of behavior. And then when they see it happening, they'll understand where it came from. I, I, I'm not a believer in... I don't think we should be overly nice uh, to, to bad guys. On the other hand, it's also important to understand that, that when we are bad to the bad guys, we actually give a chance for the good guys to, to flourish. And I mean even Arabs who hate the jihad, who want to live in coexistence with Israel. I have many friends like that in Hebron. So it, it, and we learned this. We learned this from Avram Avinu. Just Avram Avinu, on the one hand, has his tent open to everybody. He sees Arabs or Bedouins coming coming down. He wants them to come in. He wants to feed them. He wants to teach them about God and all that. But at the same time, when the when the four kings kidnap his nephew, he goes to war. He and and, and a ruthless war and defeats his enemies. And that's exactly the the balance that a Middle Easterner. And that's what we are in Israel. We're also a Middle East country. We have to be nice, good to the good guys, and there are now today uh, Sunni Muslims like Saudi Arabia and 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 uh, and and, uh, and uh, United Arab Emirates and other people who are interested in having a relationship with us. Great, we are open-minded to that. We are the we are the first to shake hands if you have your hand out in in, in true relationship and true friendship. Good. On the other hand, when you have bad guys who say uh, 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 without any without confusing the issues, they say they want to destroy Israel, and Israel is a, is a Satan has to be destroyed. So, they're, they're today's Nazis, and they have to be taken out. So speak in clarity, and people accept that. People understand it when you when you make it clear what you demand, what you expect. Can't thank you enough. Um, I, I would hope at this point that on this Friday, Erev Shabbat in Israel, things are relatively quiet. I know that the students are back in school, and that... Uh, uh, thank God the rockets have, uh, as you described earlier, have uh, things have quieted down, and I hope it stays that way. And nonetheless, at the same time, I'm hoping that Israel is able to uh, continue its pursuit of those who want to kill Jews and those who want to uh, harm those who live in Israel. Yeah, Israel. Israel's got to feel itself to be what it is, which is a big country. A big country is a big stick on the block. 
it's going to be the thing that pushes back the jihadism, which is which is also something that the that, that millions of Arabs want as well. They're tired of their you know money being taken by corruption. They're tired of their kids being suppressed by jihadism. And we we've got to accept upon ourselves the role of being a regional power, especially with the you know Trump doctrine of kind of pulling out of the Middle East. Israel's got to know we've got to count on ourselves, and we also even have to be people that, that the other players in the region can count on to be a solid, uh, uh, strong country that does not uh, bend to to those whims. And by the way, you didn't mention another attack. We had You, you only mentioned uh, the, the Gaza rockets attack, but we had another attack. We had another massive attack, and that attack was the European Union deciding that they're going to mock all the products of Judea and Samaria, not Israel, but, but you know, from occupied West Bank. Right. That's part of the legitimization of the attacks on Israel. You see? Israel is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is an occupier. It, it, it's an apartheid state, et cetera, et cetera, and therefore it's okay to racketeer it because that's a war of liberation. So the EU gave tremendous uh, 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 you know, backing to the war against us. So we, we, we are fighting two wars, the physical war and the narrative war, and, uh, and uh, the, the enemies are awake. We have to wake up even earlier and get them first.